Uh, but uh, let's 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 get into it. Wait, trash trucks outside coming to take your fucking skills away, Justin, down to the dump <laughs> where they belong. You're fucking <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> From the Vox Media Podcast family. <laughs> Comes a, my name a, is Justin just so fresh Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> reference. My name is Justin <laughs> McRoy, and I know the best games of the month. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I really do know the best games of the month. Uh, my name is Chris Plant, and I, I definitely am the winner who knows the games. My name is Russ Rushing, and I know the best games of the week. Russ just sounded like the beginning of an Assassin's Creed game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, this is the besties where we talk about the latest and greatest in food, fine wine, culture, resort destinations, video games, fashion, golfing destinations, luxury watches, and so much more. But today we're going to be just mainly focusing on video games. You know, guys, they're... They've come a long way since Pac-Man. I don't know if if you've uh have heard about this, but um they're they're pretty advanced these days. I played a game, Justin, and I swear to God, you guys, it had two Pac-Mans in it. <laughs> what? So they like learned how to like double that uh-huh. amount of technology. At did least. one of them have a bow, or was it one of them did have a bow? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Thank you, Griffin. Mm. Have you seen this game? That so it's Tetris, mm. but it's also another game that's like Tetris. At the same time, except it's not. Let's do, let's do honorable mentions so we can talk about Tetris v Puyo Pop. Um, okay. The the uh, like really historic Supreme Court case mm. uh, <laughs> that established a, 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 a truly like uh, like really incredible super precedent. Uh, that's the law of the land. I, I don't like Puyo Pop is the problem. I wish mm. I could switch that out and have it just be Tetris versus Super Tetris. Um, or Tetris versus Dr. Mario, unless Dr. Mario is just Puyo Pop. Or Tetris, Tetris versus Wetris. That's what I, or Hatris. That one would Tetris be good versus too. Hatris versus Wetris. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I play that game and I, maybe I just need to spend some time with it, but I just like play it and I'm like, fuck yeah, Tetris. And then Puyo Pop comes on and it's like, I don't know how to do anything here. The only time I played it was in the New York office against Nick, who's like apparently like grand master level Tetris player and like a very good Puyo pop player also. And so I just got like fucking cream. Now, if it was not super Tetris, what did I say? Super Tetris, Tetris attack is what I meant. That's my favorite fucking puzzle game of all time. I'll play that mm-hmm. one for, for days. So, um, I wish, th- I wish I had more options in switching those out, but it's a really fucking, I'm amazed at, I'm probably going to pick it up just cause I'm kind of blown away at like how much like content there is. It reminds me a little bit of Tetris DS, which had all that like buck wild shit, like the Metroid level of Tetris, and like it had like all of these different like Nintendo mashup Tetris levels. What? Um, it, yeah. yeah, it was it was a really really so, fucking so good game. So talk to me about real quick. Uh, explain because I watched you guys play it, and I know how Tetris works, and I relatively know how Puyo Pop works. So it bounces between the two <laughs> in the middle of a single match, right? 
Um, so there's there's a bunch of different options that you can do, right? There's like, uh, if you're playing competitively, you can play swap mode where it just like every, I mean, you set the intervals. I think it starts at like a minute. So after a minute of Tetris, uh, both of you switch to Puyo Pop or you can just do a straight up and down. Like one of you plays Tetris, one of you plays Puyo Pop. Wait, or what? both of you play Tetris. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's but the way it's that like, it, it, how it do balances. How score that? Well, it's it's survival, right? So if you do like a crazy chain and Puyo Pop or you set up like a big combo, um, then it drops tetrominoes yeah, the balance, on the balance. It's a, I, it was it was pretty well, but I mean, it's hard for me to judge the balance because Nick is fucking way better at this than I am. But um, it seemed it seemed pretty pretty well balanced. There's also like handicap settings, which when we turned on, like I actually was able to hold my own. Um, but then there's like a big story mode, and oh, we actually only played the um, the demo version, which is out. So go check it out now. Um, uh, and I've sort of like been following along with like all the extra shit that you can do in the game. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. I've never really gotten deep, deep, deep into a Tetris game before, but maybe I'll, God, I'm just so desperate for more Switch games. Maybe this will be the jam. There's, There's a, a really Wonder good Boy. one coming out next week. There's a Wonder Boy uh, we'll for May. Uh, remaster. Yeah, I've heard good things about the Wonder Boy game. What did you say, Chris? I was going to say there's a really good game coming out next week, but we're, we're going to save it for May with Tumbleseed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. Oh, I might have, have you... broken embargo by saying that's very good. <laughs> um, uh, Justin, have you played Wonder Boy or heard of it before? Uh, no, I heard him talk about it on the, on the Bombcast today. It's weird because it's like I had never heard of it, but everyone at GDC was so excited about it, and it's just one of those like weird European things that I feel like never made the jump to America. It was a like, ma master system game, right? So that was obviously not not a big, not a heavy hitter over here. Yeah, it's like asterisk and obelix. No one really cares. <laughs> so wasn't it? It's from Japan, right? Mm, I think it was developed mm. by European developers. No. Why are we talking? Why are we talking about this if we don't know fucking anything about <laughs> no. it? Uh, listen to us guess about video okay, games. Okay, what other good games? Uh, I have been playing. Uh, I started a game uh, 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 yesterday, actually. You go get a phone, you just want a phone to talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off, because you got all this fine print, little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Um, you guys into idle games here? You guys ever fuck with idle games before? What is those what are, are the games that about? play themselves, right? Uh, well, clickers, you know, like clickers. You guys are yeah, playing. Cookie, cookie. I, played, oh, I thought I played, you meant like Japanese idols. No, yeah, like, I, th I also thought you were talking about like Idol Master. I played like a bunch of Bitcoin Billionaire. That's probably the deepest I got in. That's a good one. 
Uh, I'm playing a new one because every once in a while I like to get down with one. I find it kind of soothing. Uh, but there is a new one out that is uh, uh, it's Office Space, the oh, idle game, which is is pretty buck wild, mainly because it is insane how well the idea of Office Space maps to a clicker. So you know, in Office Space, the thing is they they create this software that carves off like fractions of pennies. Yes. Uh, and th- those add up to big money over an extended period of time. Well, the, the uh, Office Space Idle game is basically that idea. You're earning pennies for each floor of the Initech offices that you uh, uh, build out. And like any good idle game, you're, you're uh, investing that money back into the floors. And then eventually, uh, uh, and this is, again, like one of those areas that it mol- melds really well. You, when you get far enough, you can uh, ask Milton, the Stephen Root character, to burn the place down, which he does in the movie, but it's also a perfect metaphor for idle games that have to have that, like, destroy everything you work for, but get a bonus that makes it go way faster the next time and just progressively build out from there. It's not doing much uh, super innovative. The only thing that's kind of interesting is you can buy uh, character packs so that come with, um, that are all characters from the movie. And each one of those has its own like all bonuses. those memorable characters, all those beloved movie. characters. Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton, um, uh, the other uh, ones, <laughs> Michael Bolton, the, the guy, you know, the main guy, Rob, yeah, I think it's his Rob, name, Jennifer Rob, Aniston, Brothers. Jennifer Aniston's character, uh, the lady who says corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking just a moment. I guess her name's Nina, it's right there in the thing, the guy from <laughs> but, uh, Scrubs, guy from Scrubs is sure. up in the mix. Um, wow, but there's anyway. a guy from Scrubs in the mix. John C. McGinley is the, is one, oh, of the, yeah. one of the bobs. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you have a place in your heart for office space and a place in your heart for idle games, and hi, you found him. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Just like hey. I didn't. When I woke up this morning and I made my coffee and I took my son to daycare and then I sat down at the mic, at no point during this morning did I expect to be hearing about and talking about office space quite as much as I, <laughs> I, I have in the past few minutes. Uh, it's, it sounds like a good game. It's just like, wow, office space. Oh, it's not office- a good game. It's an idle game. With some inter- I mean, it's, like, it's a pretty good idle game. If you like idle games, they're all pretty much built around the same thing. I, I will say this one, idle games are built, like the, the strength of an idle game is how it is able to evolve over time, like how much new content you see over time. I think the best example of this is uh 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 the what's the millionaire one the the one where you make a bunch of money adventure millionaire adventure oh, capital okay. adventure capitalist that's also oh, yeah. all of them yeah uh, um, but but that was or it, or the candy you, one what was yeah the candy, candy box candy box was spectacular candy box is amazing i mean that's like the best and cookie clicker is amazing to that too where you're making like there's also you have dark, there's also dark grandmas making space cookies sure. and shit like that there's some decent like rpg takes on this too like tap titans and shit like that yeah. on the phone this, this, yeah soda, um, Dun- I, soda dungeon is is one of my favorites that's a really good sort of uh barely yeah, soda, an i like game. soda dungeon it had a little more rpg stuff yeah a little I more wanna... rpg stuff but it's it's fun if you if you like that style of game and you know if you do you know right now listening to this if this is your jam or not if this is not if 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 you do not fit that venn diagram of office space idle game fans like you you are not going to enjoy this product but otherwise check it out i played flint hook I oh, bought yeah. it yes i bought it yesterday so i could talk about it on the podcast and play it because it, it seemed all the trailers made it look really fucking hot um if you played mercenary kings it's by the same dev uh tribute um 
And they released this really cool trailer of them showing the Flint Hook dude running through the first level in Bionic Commando. Of Bionic Commando, yeah, it was really, really great. Um, so yeah, as as the name and um, Russ's uh, uh, interjection suggests, <laughs> you have a grappling hook and you use it to uh, connect to and like sort of fly around these different um, points. the The game is like the game's slick as hell. Um, it's got this like it's got some of the best pixel art I've seen in uh, a, a real long time, and the soundtrack is fucking banging um and you are this little character i'm not exactly sure what the character is there's like some deep lore to flint hook that i don't quite (laughs) understand uh but you have a grappling hook and you have like a blaster pistol um and you have uh a belt that allows you to slow down time (gasps) and wait wait how would you describe this belt it's a time belt, okay. I guess. Mm-hmm. They actually do call it the time belt at certain sure. points in the game, which is magnificent. Um, so the, the the whole like structure of the game is you are this like sky pirate, this space pirate, and you fly and you're hunting down bounties. And the way that you do that is you go and you um, siege an enemy ship. Um, and these ships are comprised of these fairly small, like, um, square or rectangular rooms. Um, kind of imagine how maps were structured in Rogue Legacy, and you're mm-hmm. kind of getting the picture. Um, and also envision Rogue Legacy because they are randomized. Uh, you have your choice of, like, which ship you want to attack, and you will see, like, what modifiers are available on the ship. So, like, one ship will have, like, a laser grid in it and one of them will have you'll just know that there will be extra enemies in this one um and so you choose which modifier you want to go down and there's difficulty rankings for each one um and so you go in and you fight through these randomized maps and like the game like playing the game is slick as fuck like hooking between these different points and like flying through the air and like turning on slow motion so that you can dodge some enemy bullets and like taking them out as you are still like flying through the air and then hooking onto another platform and zipping up to like it's really easy to get these like really cool fluid combos going Uh, and there's a great like progression and customization system in the game too where you can level up and get these um, uh, basically expansion packs that have these perks in them that you can equip Um, and you also find this currency in the ships that you can spend to get these permanent upgrades for your character so you're always moving forward even when you die which is good because I I haven't gotten through the first I I only played it for maybe an hour and a half maybe two hours yesterday um I, it's the structure of the game I don't like very much because basically what you have to do is in order to find your bounty, you have to collect um, these gems from, uh, in this first round, three different ships before you can move on to like the boss ship. And if you die at any point, you have to start the whole chain over. You now you get do get life. like- you only have one life. So you do get like experience points and shit if you die. And so oh. you're constant you are constantly like moving forward. So it's, it's not yeah, like rogue-like it's not a sure. roguelike in that sense. But like I played for twenty five minutes or so and I was like killing it and I had these like sick perks and um I like went into the boss ship with like full health and like some bombs and like an upgraded like super powerful blaster and like I was like ready to do this thing mm. and the boss was like really, really very, very tough and I died. And so like I still got experience points so I could like take a whole run at it. But this was like my third time trying to get to the boss in the first place. And I don't know, it was like 
it's punish it's punishing in a way that's like not great like i'm i'm into rogue legacy i think rules and i think it does this really 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 well this idea of like constantly banging your head against this wall until you sort of erode the wall with your head blood like i i I think rogue legacy does it really well but there's something about like investing this much time in a loop and then losing it at the boss fight and be and even though you're moving forward mechanically like it still feels so fucking defeating and i yeah, kind of wish you, you want to feel like the upgrades that you're carrying forward are giving you like a huge noticeable impact after you do a I, long and I run think, like that I, and i think they are right like i can tell that my character's getting stronger it's just like okay i'm stronger now do i really want to go and do, and do three more ships just to try to get back to that same boss like like yeah i just i just kind of wish the cycles were more um like in in the micro scale like just one ship one big ship that you had to try to take down instead of like three and maybe it's just a time investment like let me play for 10 minutes and if i die and i lose 10 minutes like that's a different beast than like 30 minutes and because like and and again this all boils down to like i don't have that much gaming time and the very little i do have i basically am pouring into the sieve of persona 5 at this point so Mm -hmm. um but it's it's a really it's a cool game and i'll probably spend a little bit more time with it i also wish it was on um is it on vita uh, I know. I'm not 100 sure. They have oh. brought their other stuff to Vita, so I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm not actually sure. I know it's yeah. not on Switch because I wanted to pick it up on Switch. But yeah, that would be good too. Do you think part of like what's frustrating about this versus say something like Spelunky or FTL is that you are able to get to the boss relatively, com- like comparatively easy? Because no, I with Spelunky, that's not like, true. What? Oh, no. I, I, you're saying the opposite. I'm yeah, saying, you're in saying that, that it's easier. Is way harder. Yeah, I'm saying like Spelunky yeah. feels like a constant build. So by the time that you get to the boss and lose, it's not heartbreaking because it's like, well, wow, okay, I, is, I can't believe I even made it there. To be fair, there is some of that in Flint Hook. Like the upgrades that you find are like randomized in in the levels. So like when I hit the boss, I was like, oh, I'm fucking set up. I'm stronger. I'm so much stronger than I was before I started. Um yeah, and but what I mean is, like, the first time you get to the boss on a Splunky, it's after you've played, like, 30 10, rounds. 12, Yeah, hours. I mean, yeah, if you're an expert, like, fresh uh, But I'm, I'm saying, great. like, getting there so quickly in this... Yeah, sure. I can see how you felt, like, going in, like, well, I did it. Like, I got here yeah. in three. The, 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 but it's a, it, this, this was not spike. the... This was not the, like, final boss of the game. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, no. This is just like the first like chunk of 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 level. Again, like it's it's a it's a big game and it's really polished and it's like really slick and there's a lot more to it that I haven't seen, so I don't want to like c- call down any kind of judgment on it. I just like I found myself a little bit turned off by this structure for the same reason that honestly I'm turned off by most roguelikes these yeah. days. Y'all, this is honorable mentions. We have got yeah. we have got we, to move oh, forward. I, I, wait, it, Chris and I need to talk about one more honorable mention. Make it quick. What? Oh, Coob. Coob, yeah, the great. I mean, it, sh- it shouldn't be an honorable mention. It should be the game of the decade. I had a lot of fun playing Coob with you, Chris. Do you, you, know, do you, you own the Coob. <laughs> do you want to tell folks what Coob is? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to describe, but I'll do my best. Spell it, is, it for us. It, it is the chess of yard games. Uh, you, you can have as many people as you want. Wait, there are wait, two Chris, sides. How do you, how do you spell this? K- K-U-B-B. Yeah, K-U-B-B. That, that, that's the least interesting thing about it. K-U-B-B, that's my cub? K-U-B-B. Okay, so there's there's a field. On opposite sides, you line up five uh, pieces that are, I don't know, like six inches tall. In the middle of uh, the field, there is a king piece. Uh, both sides these are just, take These turns. are just like little thick wood blocks, yeah. essentially. And, then and you're both, playing this in a yard. 
Yeah, yeah and it's a, a yard big, game. It's a, it's a big rectangular like playing field that you have to kind of stay inside. Okay. Yeah. And each each side throws uh, sticks at the other side's uh, cube, if you will. You c- cannot hit the king till the very end. That's like the kind of eight ball. And if you knock it over, they throw it onto your side. And the goal is to eventually get all of the cube on your side. And you alternate throwing uh, large sticks at the cubes. And every time this cube gets knocked over, it gets thrown back to the other side. So you're constantly like throwing these. I think the little... Uh, uh, bricks are called skulls you're constantly like trying to knock over the other people's skulls and when you do they have to throw them over to your side and then they have to knock those ones over before they can go for your back row and if they don't knock over all of the like more um frontwards field skulls then you get to throw from those next time so you get like a distance advantage and the point of the game is to just like wipe out all of the other team's skulls and then knock down the king and win there's so like a lot of there's a lot of like strategy and skill in it so it's like lawn darts meets jenga um kind kind of kind of Okay. Maybe a little bit. I think I'm not Chris really wrapping my with... head around it. Maybe I'll just search online. Google yeah. Google Cube. It's very difficult to describe. A U B B. Yeah. It's not cub. No. How do you know that? I just it feels right in the mouth. Say it. <laughs> okay. Say it. Yeah. Say it, Russ. Cub. Cub. Yeah. Cube. Cube. Unless there's an um, umlaut over the U, and then it's cube. Uh oh, I I could talk about I'm still playing Fire Emblem. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I kinda wanna talk about it a little bit. I appreciate all the hard work you did playing setting up my team for me but i just can't i think i know I'm, you're not i know you might be done it. yeah so i just think it's interesting because like we're coming up on three months in the, since the game came out and i'm still playing it like pretty much every day and it's just been a fascinating look into like the world of gachapon and like the gambling like tendencies that people sort of fall into when they play these games um i haven't i've only uh well only i've spent 40 dollars on the game so far and not basically have told myself that I'm not going to spend anymore because the upside for spending money is pretty minimal. Um, but I still find it very rewarding and it's like a great strategy game. And it's crazy to me that like it has sort of supplanted Destiny as like the game I play. The thing you really day. deep it. Yeah, sure. I, I, for me, it's just like um, all of the stuff they've added, like as you were describing it to me, like once you started mentioning like Oh, well, this is a good character. You can break them down to uh, transfer the skills over this other character. But first, you need to make sure that the IVs on this other character are yeah. good enough before you invest your feathers. And once it, like, I can't, I... Yeah, uh, no, totally. Ugh. I mean, there's a reason I, don't, I can't go back and play Hearthstone for the same reason. Is like, I played when it first came out. I knew all the vanilla cards back to front. And then I left for a while. And then they added 300 new cards. Yeah. And when I, I just, like, have, like, like, no thanks. Like, I don't want to be at that disadvantage. So I get it. Oh, yeah. Wait. Man, I also, I guess the new Hearthstone expansion launched last month and like, I feel, I feel, um, I bought, I pre-ordered like the first set of like, you can do a pre-order when those new expansions drop and you drop like 50 bucks and you get 50 packs or something like that. Um, and I did that and I got some decent stuff and I haven't played since I opened those, since I I opened those I heard it was kind of bogus, the, the expansion. People weren't happy. Oh, I don't know. I haven't. I, 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 I'm worried that I may have like fallen off. I really appreciate Hearthstone. I think it's a fucking great game. But um, uh, and I played it a lot actually after Henry was born because it was like a good little game that I could like have on the on the iPad. Yeah. Um, and just like play it wherever. Um, but I since that um expansion, I just like yeah, I haven't really 
I haven't really gotten too deep in. Yeah, it's tough to keep up with those games. It's just a lot. It's like it, it's one of those. Ga- it, Hearthstone kind of feels to me like one of those games, um, and I think it's less so than like Dota or League of Legends. But like, I think there's and Destiny. Like Destiny was this for me. There are certain types of games that's just like that has to be the only game you play. It feels like maybe a little bit. Maybe I'm being a little bit like over dramatic, but like yeah. in order in order for you to like. I, I feel like Hearthstone is a very demanding game. There are types yeah, of games no, that are I, just like really, really demanding, and I just don't have the time to like do that anymore. Totally. That's kind of why I like Fire Emblem is that like it fits in the slots where ordinarily I wouldn't be able to play a game. Like I'm waiting on, for five minutes on the subway platform or something like that. Like it's perfect for that, and it doesn't impede on my like, you know, chilling on the couch or whatever, doing other things, which is kind of yeah. nice. Okay. Um. So near Automata, we. Did we mention it last episode? We mentioned yes. that like we all wanted to play it, but haven't. Yeah, yet. it's like it's like ne- I'm looking at it hungrily and hoping that I finish Persona Five soon. So it is exceptional, and it is like a continuation of the thing I think we talked about in our earlier, maybe like the first episode of our our you know this great reunion tour um, <laughs> of like it feels like either Japanese games are just clicking with us or in a Western audience finally, or they have like kind of found out how to be themselves without, I guess, you know, prizing Western game design ideas. But I mean, this game has so many of the weird things that you would see in stuff like a Suda 51 game last generation. That was like interesting, but also super frustrating as in, like we mentioned earlier, you can play the first 30 minutes and die and just have to start over. Um, or, you can go down paths in the game that don't really lead anywhere, and then you have to walk your way out of them. There isn't, like, great fast travel. The map is, like, purposefully uh, obtuse. And yet, it's kind of amazing because the game seems, like, utterly obsessed with everything being inside of its own universe. So, like, you are playing the game through, I think, like, the user experience of an artificial intelligence almost or as if you are a cyborg down to when you start the game you can start it or you can look at the actual uh like coding certificates of all of the software and like share or not shareware but like middleware they use to create the game as if it's part of the canon like that as if owns, like a unity license great. is in canon with the game you Weird. you get like ui elements are items that yeah. you have to like install in your body and, and you, you only can have only X carry number... so much and each right. ui so have, item has its own weight yeah you have to put is like it... a space use space to like have your health bar on the screen <laughs> you have to install Essentially, it like i'm not joking like is it that Kind no, of idea. so like the story is heavy. <laughs> the story is about you are a cyborg um, who is humans have been ha- they've had to flee Earth to live on the moon. It is silly, um, and these like alien robots have kind of just inherited the Earth, and you are fighting on behalf of humans to take the Earth back. Hmm. Um, but a lot of the story is kind of like, are you a cyborg? Like, are you just oh, a robot? Shit. Are, or are, are you know, do are robots the, have are feelings? The robots, yeah. Yeah, on Earth have feelings. There's an amazing I I wanna <laughs> highlight one sequence that like I think really capitalizes on this. You start from the very opening sequence. I mean, like from the very jump, you're fighting these robots that are giving you hints that like they are much more sentient than you're giving them credit for. Like 
there's a lot of hints towards that. And in one sequence, there's a, you come across a huge group of them and you just start like slaughtering them because they're the enemy and that's what you're supposed to do. <sighs> and they start ch- uh, individually start chanting, this cannot continue. This cannot continue. And then they start chanting it together in this very creepy, like high-pitched robot voice. And then they congeal into a single like <laughs> boss kind of enemy. And that chant, this this cannot continue becomes like the rhythm section of this song, this like pulsing song that becomes the boss music. Like, and it, it becomes underlying like that song is then underlying the boss fight that they have created through this chant. Like it's amazing. And don't get me wrong. Like this idea is familiar to sci-fi, but like there is, there's such a games games have never done it. Games don't do that shit right though. Like I haven't played a game that has done right by that idea. There's early on, you have another moment where you're just fighting like a horde of these, these robots and they just start like saying in like the simplest, most like emotionless way. Ouch when you hit them oh and it is like brutal i mean it's yeah like really turrets sad. in portal yeah the, the one the one thing that i will say i'm fairly early in the game i mean i'm i'm a few hours in even though as chris pointed out my play time is like 72 hours because it keeps going when you pause <laughs> but um the the uh, there is a lot of uh running from place to place and it's good it feels good it's it's not unpleasant to navigate the world but there is a lot early on of hiking from like one spot to another spot and backtracking did you figure out how to run it took me a second yes i figured out how to run um and that's that's pretty smart uh but the in the pay you run really fast but still it's like big areas that don't always have a super clear a to b path and um that ends up being like a lot of I think for me, for my taste, kind of unfortunate pace killing. Like I want to get to like this cool stuff, but it's so far to get from A to B that it really killed the pace for me a a little bit. I will say this, and this is what I think the game does as it opens up. And this is just going off of like things I've seen from the game is the game is meant to be played, I think, five or six times all the way through. It's short. Like it's very short. Oh, really? Um, And the game changes each time you play it like new game plus is not just like oh you have better items um the game changes i i guess they're just gobs of endings yada 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 but i think you also gain pretty real abilities that change how you travel and i think this first playthrough is kind of meant to get you to just know what the world is um which Mm -hmm. is like not a defense of it that's expecting a lot of the player but I mean, the game, the game makes a lot of choices that are, hey, we are really proud of this and we really want you to like enjoy it. And if you're willing to invest in it, there's going to be some real payoffs. Mm-hmm. We, we um, should talk about actual... Yeah, let's get yes. into it. Yeah, Although, let's like, do it. Man, yeah uh, I, I can start. Um, I want to talk about a game called The Sexy Brutal, which I think is on PC. I know it's on PS4. It is um, on PC. I put it on PC. It is on you played it. Oh, so you played it. Good, yep. good, good, good. Uh, did you the whole thing or did you? No. Not that long. I, okay. I played uh, a good chunk, a couple hours. I'm gonna try to describe the 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 game. It's a, it's a little challenging, and Russ could probably help. the The best touchstones I've found. Well, I, these won't be immediately accessible, but sort of like Groundhog's Day meets Sleep No More meets Clue. I guess is yeah, the best I way think I can. I mean, I don't know that how many people 
apart from your love of it, yeah. no what sleep no more yeah. is. But I think. <laughs> but, so basically, you're in this. How, uh, by the way, Jorah's mask meets Clue for that. Matter. How was your eleventh sleep no more experience? Uh, it was my eighth. It was great. I got two private scenes in there. Got before Whoa, I got the nurse. You got and two old... fucking private scenes in one trip. Oh I got the old, the uh, older nurse in the hut. I had to climb under some trees to get to the older nurse in the hut. She gave me some tea from a spoon. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, Google uh, sleep no more and coob. That's your homework, dear listeners. Yeah. So you're a. Uh, 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 a, a, a dude. You're a dude. <laughs> You're a dude in a uh, large sort of casino hotel. Um, and the there are guests at the hotel and there are the workers at the hotel. There are these like masked sort of automaton fellas. And basically the guests in the hotel have all been killed. Um, in, in the span of 12 hours, all the guests in the hotel have been killed. You have to uh, uh, stop that from happening. And the, the trick is, the, 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 the plus and minus is, the minus is you can't be in the same room as anybody. If you enter the same room as one of the workers or one of the guests, the game sort of stops and the masks that everybody wears uh, come off their heads and fly at you to try to attack you and kill you. So you cannot be in the same room as other people. Um, you can, however, peek through... Uh, keyholes, uh, you can listen through walls, you can hide in closets to observe things. And basically, uh, the, the, so that's the bad thing. The good thing is you can reset the day back to noon. It goes from noon to midnight. You can reset the day back to noon at any point. So basically, to use this sort of intro bit as a, uh, an example, you have an ex- to... Example? An example? I was... An example? Sorry. <laughs> You have to use, listen to me on like a regular rest fresh ticket. Oh, um, you have to use, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, uh, uh, there's a, a, a scientist of some sort that gets shot in a chapel by one of the workers and he gets shot at 5 p.m. Uh, so what you have to do is uh, there at some point while the, the scientist is looking through a safe, he drops a, a blank cartridge that was hidden away in the safe. A bullet. Do you sne- you can a bullet. No, no a blank. Cartridge. I mean, but a, it's there's no know, bullet. A blank, a blank. I understand. A blank has no bullet. Okay. Yeah. So you pick up this <laughs> this cartridge, uh, and you can find if you are her if you're quick you can get to the gun that the uh, uh, hotel employee uses before he does and install that blank cartridge in there, and when you do that. The when he tries to shoot the scientist, uh, it's obviously the blank, and that gives the scientist time to uh, fight back. So that's a very simple one. Um, there are others that involve like uh, watching through a keyhole as someone uses a keypad, and then that information you don't keep items for each run, but you do keep information. So you can see people sneaking through a secret passageway, and if you do that, you then know where that secret passageway is. And each time you save someone in the hotel, it's sort of segmented. So, like, each time you save someone in the hotel, you get their mask, which gives you um, a new ability, like the ability to shatter glass or the ability to unlock um, any lock or, or whatever. And each uh, murder is very is completely unique. I mean, it's completely uh, of itself, and you have to figure out the steps you need to take. Um, and it does very little hand-holding, basically none in the sense of, like, how am I going to 
how does this person even die? Like, yeah. you know, where is this person? How does this person die? What, what, what steps could I take to do it? You really have to decide like, okay, on this one, I'm just going to try to find this person and follow them so I can get a sense of their story. And that's really how you ingest the stories all through, through keyholes and through, you know, listening through walls and, and that kind of thing. Um, and it is a very cool story that is so inscrutable until you get to the end and understand exactly what's happening. But yeah, it's, um, it's um, I really like the idea of like almost working backwards where you see a murder and then you like see the events that led to that murder. And then you find places within those events where you can sort of take advantage of the information that you glean from reversing time. This so sounds this... this sounds a lot like Ghost Trick, like a lot like Ghost Trick, and that's not a that's not a knock against it. Um, it just sounds like it's doing a lot of this. Ghost Trick. That was like the two D handheld. That was like this. Yeah, that's super Capcom. fucking slick Capcom two D um uh game where you were a. Uh, like you were a ghost and you could manipulate things in the environment to prevent these like horrible murders from, from taking place. I, I, I guess, except that like you never feel like a ghost. You just can't. Yeah. It's more like you're, you're in the periphery, right? And no one ever interacts like until you save them. There's a brief scene when you save someone, they acknowledge your presence and stuff, but like you can't really interact with people. So it's about like exploring, like you feel like, um, I don't know. You don't get that sense of like, oh, there's a creepy ghost in this room. You're just sort of tweaking things a little bit yeah. to, to 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 keep the murder from happening. Yeah. Um, I also want to mention the the art in this game. The graphics are super cool. It's an isometric game that kind of looks like if you were to like imagine like a 3D version of a clue board, like that Victorian like old house mm. style, like like super detailed. Very with ornate. a little bit of like Lucas Arts aesthetic, yeah. I feel like oh, there's a little the bit of like secret Monkey Island kind of vibe <laughs> okay. in the in the character design. It just um, looks, but it's also gorgeous. gothic, like a goth. And the music's fucking great too. Um, it's a very cool world to be in. There's lots of secrets to uncover. You can collect like the guest invitations, and there's playing cards to collect and things like that. Each of which, not the playing cards, but the invitations and and things in the environment give you like additional information about what's happening to try to help you piece that together um but it's really 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 neat you yeah really, it, it feels like, it really doesn't feel like anything yeah that I've, I've played before and i did play ghost trick so it's a little different there's just definitely some of that dna there but um it's very it's very very cool uh um and and worth worth checking out it's the sexy brutal i really want it yeah God, it's it's really, really, are, you, are you ready for my transition yeah, yeah please yeah. when when, we'll when the masks fly off in this game do, oh, no. do the people go I am thou, and thou art I. Oh, are we? Like are, we do, are we going on to the next one? I mean, yes, yeah, perfect. I think that's, that's a how it works. That's, that's a transition. Yeah. All right. Um, then I'll do my game. My game is Persona Five. It's um the next Persona game, the fifth, the fifth one. Well, it's probably like the seventy-first one, including like P Four Arena and Persona Four Dancing All Night. And this episode of the Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so. You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties man persona 4 dancing all night was a that good spin one off with fire persona Emblem. q shadow of the labyrinth fucking took and it fits into all Mirage. the shimigami tensai games yeah yeah it's there's oh man it's so huge um bit of back backstory i guess persona 4 golden's my favorite game of all time um and it's persona 5 has been um what was the original release date for it wasn't it like September, Last September 2013 or something. No, dude. Oh, the yeah? original, it was supposed to be a PS3 title and then it got pushed back and pushed back oh, and pushed wow. back. Uh, it came out in Japan last year and then just arrived here. And it's probably been like um every year colin writes a gets the the polygon staff to all like chime in on what their most anticipated games of the year are and like for the past three years mine has been persona 5 so i've been looking forward to this one for a long time um and it's it's really great it's a very 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 good game and one of the better like one of the better design jrpgs um i've ever played have you all russ i don't think you played i played it. it i played it oh you did okay i didn't play um, 60 hours of it but i played uh like the intro and the first few hours so i planned i think you've probably played it the most after after me yeah. um and so here's here's what i'll say about persona 5 it is a um if you've never played a persona game it is a um it is a a, a sort of a half jrpg half like 
life sim dating sim type game i always get uncomfortable when the dating sim part is applied to it because frankly that part of it is kind of it doesn't even weak. appear until it feels like more hour like 50. an interactive it, story it's a, a visual it, visual novel meets jrpg i think yeah, is a really um and uh persona 4 golden is my favorite my favorite game and a lot of that is just um in uh like the tone of the game is really unique and the characters are so so great but i will i, I will acknowledge that the like RPG part of it was never like awesome um, because these games uh, they take place uh, over the course of uh, about a year usually and so the structure of the game is broken down into days uh, you will go to school and do stuff there and come home from school and have some free time unless your fucking cat makes you go to sleep half of the days um, you have some free time to like go out and explore whatever area you're in and like go do whatever activities you want to do and hang out with whoever you want and build these bonds with those characters um, and all of that stuff feeds back into the RPG part which is sort of a dungeon crawler up to this point pretty much randomized dungeon diving uh you know fighting enemies getting stronger collecting persona uh which are kind of pokemon-esque like they all have uh there's there's hundreds of them and they have different stats and different abilities and you can combine them to form new persona with new abilities um and uh that that part of the game in persona 4 golden was like uh, it's it wasn't as good as the life sim stuff. Like it wasn't as good. You for me, it feels like you play the 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 through the days and you hang out with all your friends and you do all these like fun activities and then it's like okay, well, time to go to work and get in that dungeon and do do the stuff. I think the best thing about Persona Five is that um for the first time and I've played most of the Persona games at this point. Um that that dungeon stuff, the RPG stuff, is fucking excellent. It is like some of the mm-hmm. best like mechanics I've ever I've ever had in an RPG. Um, combat breaks down into uh, as it kind of always has like picking out the elemental weaknesses of of enemies and exploiting them to get extra turns in combat. Um, I think Persona Five is especially sort of um, demanding in that sense because. Uh, I have I've been playing the game before and I didn't exploit those weaknesses and didn't get those extra turns and then like if the enemies get a single turn they can just fuck your whole party up in in that span um, so you really need to be very very smart basically ev- every battle um, there's a rush mode where you can just hit start and all of your uh, all your uh, uh, characters will just rush in and do melee attacks and it like fast forwards through the battle you just fucking can't do that in this game because again like if the enemies get one turn there's no guarantee that you're gonna survive that um what uh this game does really well is it adds the negotiation system back into the game that i think has been absent since like two it's in all the shin megami tensei games where basically you're fighting these shadows in in dungeons um and in past games it's like kind of random whether or not you collect them um persona 4 golden had this weird like card drawing thing after certain battles where like maybe you'd get a persona or maybe not uh, in this one, like if you knock down all the enemies, you can enter a negotiation with them where you can try to convince them to give you an item or give you money or join your cause. And if you do that latter one, you have to actually like have a conversation with them in which you like kind of look at what their temperament is and try to guess what kind of answers they want. Um, and that can be a little bit finicky. But uh, it gets much easier as like a lot of the really difficult things about this game get easier as you boost up those those social links, which they call confidants in this game, um, which is another like hugely improved thing where like as you make friends with people, basically everybody has these like really, really valuable skills to teach you that you're just constantly upgrading as you like go and get um, 
you know, sushi with Ryuji. And then all of a sudden, like he teaches you this new technique that's like really, really helpful. Or um, you go talk to uh, a character who is essentially Bernie Sanders, who teaches you like how to like negotiate with with shadows better and make that part of the game much easier. Um, so you like also the dungeons aren't randomized they are uh there's one that sort of uh, adheres to like the roguelike structure of the game that you can go into at any time and you kind of have to to like um fulfill these like mini objectives but the like main dungeons in the game are like set and they require you to uh do like a heist metaphor basically yeah each one is a, a heist metaphor that you have to like go in and like rob a bank or siege this castle um but there are like puzzles that you have to solve and there are um uh you know you have to like find find these unique solutions to get through the dungeon which is new like in persona 4 golden it was just like run and hope you run into the exit door and fight all the enemies along the way and pick up all the treasure and you get a a, it's very advantageous to get the drop on enemies so there's a lot of like sneaking from cover to cover and attacking enemies. yeah it felt much more actiony i actually thought that the the whole intro which you didn't really go into um i so i played persona 4 golden and that was the first time i played a persona game and i put in a good four to five hours into it and like really tried a few times to get into it and i just couldn't get over the hurdle which is like a very very slow intro and maybe it's just like my taste or whatever but i found this game well first of all this game does start with like uh, i forget the terminology for it but like a flash forward and then a flash back what Which, is that? It's a it's a framing device where the game the the game starts out sort of in the in the future, and right. so all of the events that take place during the game basically like when, whenever you find a new confidant, it fast it, it it flashes forward to this event in the future, and so the story of the game is being told from this event in the future. Right. So you um, sort of have an idea of where things are <laughs> vaguely going, and that makes you more engaged in the events. I also yeah. think, unlike Persona Golden where the mystery was sort of happening. But again, it's like very low key. Um, Persona 5 takes place in the center of Tokyo. Yeah. And like chaos is going, like the city is like, so shit yes. is going wrong big time. And that is, um, it, it, that's my problem with, with Persona 5. And I should mention now that I am, I, I think like maybe f- two or three hours away from finishing it. Like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty much at the last dungeon um and i'm not gonna get into spoilers or anything like that um uh and and at this point i probably put about 90 hours into the game broken up over the course of like i mean i've played it like i play it like uh maybe an hour every day i do a lot of remote play it's fucking great for remote play i've played it probably 85 percent remote play the rest like on my on my tv which i was kind of bummed it, about because persona 4 gold desperately needs it to needs, be a, a Vita game. Yeah. I mean, like, it needs... It's so sad being on a plane and not being able to, like... like Or traveling oh, or whatever. It, we went to New York and, for, like, a week last week, and I tried so desperately to stream it <laughs> using, like, shitty hotel Wi-Fi, but I couldn't couldn't get the bandwidth. Um, So, like, the, the, the mechanical part of the game is great. Also, uh, I haven't mentioned this yet, the style of the game is, like, every fucking... <laughs> menu every ui element every it is gorgeous it, it is, is really cool. it's not just gorgeous like gorgeous intimates that like the graphics are really good mm-hmm. it is the most fucking stylish game i've ever 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 played like the after battle results screen is the coolest shit ever like i the first time i played like whenever i just hopped into the menu like there are animated like motions in the menu like you see your main character and you go to like the equip screen and he like rotates and like 
like points a gun out over the menu and then like there's shit like that in every facet of the game and it's like so slick and inarguably like the mechanics of the game are more sophisticated um not just more sophisticated than persona 4 gold but maybe more than any other like jrpg i've ever played um that that being said I I I don't like it as much as Persona 4 Golden and in fact I think it kind of uh has made me appreciate the things I like more about my favorite game of all time than it has like uh surpassed them. Um and I think a lot of that kind of boils down to the tone that Russ mentioned earlier. Um the game takes place in Tokyo and um it's actually that's it's it's cool like being able to go like to Akihabara and then to the Meiji Shrine and um to Asakusa and like all of these different like real real places um in 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 Tokyo uh but the the whole game is structured around you are a a, a member of the Phantom Thieves who go around and it's it's hyper convoluted because as as all like uh, big plots in Persona games are you go into sort of the the um what's called the cognitive world of of different adults like different shitty shitty adults and you go into their uh palaces to steal their hearts and in doing so you sort of change their awful desires um and fix them i guess as it's like inception Kind of like Inception. Yeah, I think that's a decent... But but all of them are framed as, as, as Justin mentioned earlier, like different heists. Um, and so the game, the, game, uh, the game tries to tackle this idea of um, uh, adults sort of Corrupted exploiting... souls. It, uh, well, not just souls. Like, I, I think it, it's important to point out, like, this is a game about adults taking advantage of the younger generations, right? Yeah. And you are that younger generation who is standing up for it. And it's not just, like, that. it's not just um, those how the dungeons are set up. It's, like, every one of the confidant storylines, like, every one of your main character storylines, like, boils down in some way to some shitty adult is fucking something up. Which is, like... And it, I think it does a decent job at some of this. Some of this stuff... The biggest bummer for me about Persona 5 is uh, two things. One, I I don't I just don't this tone is t- it's not great. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's great. And I don't think it I don't think it always pulls off um what it's going for. Like uh Russ mentioned the intro sequence. Like the intro sequence starts with you getting your fucking ass like beaten and uh just the whole time like uh your 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 character is always like desperately imperiled and the world just kind of like sucks and like a lot of the times like uh it feels like your plans don't really work out and everybody kind of hates you and um all of that is set up to like create this drama of like oh we're gonna overcome this by going into the you know the cognitive world and stealing their hearts and fixing it all up. But like after um, 90 hours of that, like, I don't know. It's not the, it, it it's not the relaxing sort of f- kind of fun vacation that persona four golden was for me. And I think the other thing is like, and the bigger thing is narratively speaking, it, it misses a lot more. It misses a lot of its punches. Like, um, I'm, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into like specific spoilers, but if you want to go in like totally, totally pure, like maybe fast forward a little bit, but there's, there's certain stuff in this game, like there are twists 
it's, it's sort of towards the end and one of them is something that's just like i didn't was this supposed to be a twist like there's like a character whose like identity is kind of revealed and it's like you literally set this up in like the second or third scene of the game is it, but they treat it like and they, and they always like return back to it like three or four times to make sure you get this is the twist and it's like how is this a twist you haven't even disguised this character's like appearance or anything like that at all there's one sort of uh appropriately enough since this is sort of a heist game like oceans 11 style thing that happens that is somehow even more convoluted and like okay than an actual oceans 11 twist um there's like there's also these big narrative beats that just like it just doesn't land like there's a character who has a family member die and the the game doesn't do very good by that like it just kind of this character just kind of brushes it off like it's no big deal and then don't talk about it again and they're you like whenever you see them in later scenes or you talk about the you, you do like their confidant scenes with them like they don't they don't there's not a lot of weight to what is like a pretty like huge moment in their life. And instead they just talk about whatever like little goofy shit they talk. And it's like, really dog? Like your family member just died. Like you don't want to um, get back to that at all? I want to hear, Chris, did you have some of these same like tonal or, or narrative problems with the, the structure of it? Because I know you've sunk a lot of time into it. Yeah, I mean, I think I have had the good fortune of stopping at maybe the right moment. <laughs> I, I, I spent about, I don't know maybe 40 hours or so. I think I, you, we talked and I know where you are in the game. And yeah, you, it, it, I, I'm it, about half A lot of this stuff is closer to the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had heard a lot of these issues. So for me, the game has largely been fine. I, I mean, I, I enjoy it a lot. I don't mean like, oh, the, my experience has been fine. I, I have, the, the, I the rubric is confronted. different because you're spending, you're spending a hundred fucking hours with the game. Like the rubric is different. It has to be really, really good the whole yeah. time. I feel like. Well, yeah. And, and like I said, I've really enjoyed the beginning. I think also just the stuff that I'm enjoying from it is different than like what Griffin enjoyed about Persona 4. Like I, I, I know that you dug just the location like that vibe of like hey i'm out in the country this is kind of weirdly like a vacation you can hear yeah. the rain on the windows it's like folksy and persona 5 is not that um and like like griffin said it's it's very grim and it does not always stick its landings on this stuff i mean the room the like each of the the adults problems is basically a rumor that you probably heard about an adult in high school they just took it like to the furthest end so it's like, you know, the gym teacher is a pervert. Like, that is the first one, and they take it to its its furthest uh, possible idea, and then it ends up being real. Um, but the thing that I do really, really dig about it versus the other games, and I think kind of in general Persona games have always been good about this, is capturing what being a teenager is like in the moment, or maybe just a little past the moment. But I love how the game is all about like being stuck on your phone i yeah. mean so much of the game's dialogue takes place over text messages the way mm -hmm. that you get into these worlds is through an app and i kind of get this sense that like so uh technically you're going into these castles and you're doing these heists yada 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 but it feels almost like a metaphor on a metaphor of how we have these separate digital lives and that you are kind of breaking into this other life we're now allowed to have on top of the one that we have in the real world. 
um and it, 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 it like digs into anonymous and a bunch of other things uh a bunch of other That's communities the- on the internet that I, I i like the way it does it because it doesn't feel as it feels like it actually knows what it's talking about compared to sure we've we've got uh, uh sorry sorry go ahead Oh no! I mean that—that's—that's that's it. I—I I, I just dig that stuff. But I—I I mean, will I go back and even finish the rest of the game? I don't know. I—I've really enjoyed what I played. I don't know if I need a whole lot more. I, that's, and I, that's I also, exactly where I am. I—I just want to weigh in real quick because we got to move on. We've got—we—we we spent a lot of time persona, but it, it's important that the Justin McElroy take be heard. Yeah, yeah sure. definitely. I think a lot of people are hungry for it. Um, I played probably fifty hours. I think I'm about—I would Holy guess I'm about halfway through the game. Um, and I don't—I'm kind of in a similar bucket with Plant in that. I don't think I'm gonna go back. I might go back, but I don't think I'm going to. I the, my main issue is this: the localization is, re, is oh does not. It's really bad. And for me, like if you're gonna make your game 100 hours long, you better have like good a good like you better value my time a lot. Like you better like be really considerate of how you're using my time. And the dialogue in this game is so repetitive and redundant and like lacking in efficiency of language that a lot of times I'll like see the first few lines in a scene and then just set it to fast forward. Cause like, I get it. Now you're going to like circle around these a million times over um, and, and t- talk about this exact same thing a million times. And you're going to come back to it three or four times yeah. to reiterate what I missed earlier. And like the, the game, I, I never feel that way about the action sequences, like the, but the, Discussion sequences are so tedious. I, I, it's like such a waste I, of time. I've seen a lot of like, um, there's like a, a a website that has like compiled some of the most egregious translation issues, the, the most egregious localization issues, I should say. Um, and like, yeah, sometimes I'll hit a line that is just such gibberish. I'm like, what the, f-? like, you don't even got subject verb agreement on this. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and like that shit is, it's bad. But I think there is sort of a, um, uh, a more like overwhelming problem with it, like a more overarching problem, which is what Justin said. It's just like a lot of the writing is just really flat. And, and that's not like a literary critique. That is like a lot of the characters kind of feel exactly the same. Like the way that they talk, obviously I'm not talking about voice acting. I'm talking about like the way they are written is kind of indistinguishable, which is a bummer um, because like the the thing that this this franchise does right is these really um really great uh really like different characters that you like kind of go and you and you get to know um over the course of this year and it's just it's kind of a it's kind of a bummer that like and i think all, this also like goes back into some of the games like punches falling <laughs> flat um i also want to mention just one last thing is that like you mentioned it the like dialogue being repetitive i feel like just this structure of the game of all adult all adults are shitty so let's go in this let's go in this magic world and fix them it's how every it's how every arc resolves like it's how every single it's pretty much every single arc resolves not just the main arcs but like the different confidant arcs also like more or less have the same ending and that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer too i feel like I, that's i've talked mostly about like how negative it is obviously like i love the game or else i wouldn't have spent almost 100 hours playing it it's just like i i've been looking forward to it for four years now and um i i, I it, it hasn't it hasn't it's like met my expectations i guess but it's it is um it's not i don't think it's exactly the follow-up i wanted to my favorite 
game of of all time that said i do yeah. think it's maybe a little bit more accessible than persona 4 golden was like you get into it a little bit faster and yeah, like I again the me- the mechanics aren't as like a lot of people play persona 4 golden and they bounce off the 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 mechanics of the game which is like sure yes definitely um i don't think you'll have that same friction with persona 5 but at the same time i think the story and characters and writing and um tone of persona 4 golden are um miles miles ahead of five I have a recommendation, and then I'll get into my game. Here is my recommendation. If you have not played Persona 5 already, you are probably not a super fan. Um, Wait, because there are like a gajillion of amazing games out this year. I have no doubt that very soon Persona 5 Golden uh, (laughs) will make its way to a portable console. It's got to be portable. Like if it, I would probably still be doing that. Like if it was on Vita, like I would probably still be. I would have a lot less I have a lot more patience for like my time being wasted when I'm not sitting on a couch in front of yep. a television like yeah. when, when all my energy has to be focused on that when I'm on like a, a plane or driving somewhere it probably in the passenger um, seat yeah and also I mean that's the other thing is I, I feel I feel bad about like I really want to play near I really want to play sexy brutal I really want to play more flint hook I really want to play horizon zero dawn I want to play more neo I want to play like I play all these fucking yeah. games, but like this is this is literally the only game I've played all month, except for the hour and a half I played at Flint Hook yesterday. Y'all want to hear um, about my buddy Edith Finch? Yes, Edith Finch. What remains of her? The answer will surprise you. So, <laughs> <laughs> what remains of Edith Finch is from the studio Giant Sparrow. They were originally contracted by Sony. I think they had like that similar three-game contract that uh, uh, the folks who made uh, Journey had. Uh, anyway, they made the, uh, what is it? The Swan. The, what's the Swan game? Unfinished Swan. Unfinished Swan. The game where it was, that was a, a good one. Yeah, it was a first person no. game. You start out in like an all white environment. <laughs> the, that was a paintball game? Yeah, you fire, you yeah, fire. Well, it started good and then it sort of fell off the rails. It, it's nice. That game. It's, it has like a kind of like a children's book story. It, it's very sweet. Um, this is their follow-up. It has been in the works for quite a long time. Um, a, a lot of different people have worked on it. Um, Sony Santa Monica, I I think, dissolved parts of its studio, or at least dissolved this contract. I don't know exactly what happened, but now the game is being published as the first game from movie studio Annapurna, who is the studio that like releases P.T. Anderson movies. Um, and Wes Anderson? What? P.T. Anderson? P.T. Anderson. Wes Anderson. No, P.T. Anderson. Okay. Um, and... It is, uh, it's pretty great. Uh, if, if the previous game was a children's book, this is a YA book that is like not a controversial statement. I, I think it kind of aspires to be that thing. Um, and it plays uh, somewhat like a collection of almost Ray Bradbury-esque short stories. Um, you are uh, visiting this creepy house that you are the heir to in the Pacific Northwest. It's built somewhere between... I mean, it's Susian. Like, imagine like a spooky house, and then imagine that people just kept building rooms onto it over the course of a century, and you're pretty much there. Um, the house belongs to the Finch family. They came to America from Norway, maybe, um, and they are cursed to die young. Um, and as you go into the house, you have to learn basically how each member of the family died by going into their rooms. And every room in the house, once the person passes away, is basically 
shut permanently that like a goop. sealed sealed thank you that's a word yep. for it sealed and you find secret ways into each room and inside the room it's i mean a perfect time capsule of where it was when that person passed and there is a usually a journal or some document that transports you into the short story of that person. And somebody on Twitter, I wish I could remember who, compared it to basically WarioWare, which I think is pretty <laughs> I dead you were on. Say like Mist or something. No, no, that was like not the direction I thought. So the game itself is, you know, walking simulator e, like you just move in a, in a linear fashion from uh, room to room in this house. But once you, you go you into... Amb- you ambulate slowly, um, yeah, you, and it does yeah, a great job simulating that. You, you, It's a very slow pace of a walk. You're not in a hurry. Um, I mean, and why would you be if you were finally learning how uh, everyone that could have ever been close to you died before you could have met them? Um, but, yeah, so each, each story is like... Kind of has a little, like morbid irony to it um some of them are funny some of them are sad some of them are not especially great uh but like they're taking like edward gory stories tonally yeah yeah uh, and and what i would say about the game is taken as a whole it, it's kind of exceptional um it is very much more than the sum of its parts um and it's only i don't know russ it's like two and a half hours three hours i played about half of it uh, and you know how far you are because you, it actually keeps track of like which rooms you've gone to, and uh, so you can in your journal you can like see how many people are left. So I put about half of it. Um, and the back half is faster than the the front half. What I what I will say though is, um, it's really affecting. Like it it, it deals with some really hard and upsetting deaths that just aren't fair and in the first half i i think it, it kind of it eases you into it better than i really understood at first i thought it was like kind of silly and hokey um and then it deals with the death of a child and a few other people that are, are it's really really heavy and personal um, I mean, obviously, death is personal, but really heavy deaths. Yeah, but deaths. That's, that's, that shit's like, I'm popping that one off the game fly queue with that. I, I'm not equipped to handle that yeah, shit anymore. Y- it's, y- it's not... Yeah. Like, I mean, no, it, it, they, I think they do a good job of making these tough t- topics a little more digestible because it's it's not like... Nah, man. That, like, you have World a thing War coming one. up that's gonna... It's a lot. What? There, I, I think there, I think you have not gotten to some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, uh, yeah. It, that, I, that, I don't, that isn't I, to say you can't it's, really knock it for being heavy. But no, I'm not doesn't. knocking it. I'm saying it's it's not bad. Like it's not um it's not it treats it with a, an appropriate amount of respect. And sure. I think like a lot of game stories don't often. Um, at first, uh, Russ, we talked about this a little bit yesterday that the writing seems uh, maybe a little off at times. But I don't. I, uh, well. Yeah, okay. I but mean, it, I, I was going to say my my the writing felt for being for being what is essentially an interactive movie at least for the first half of the game that I played. Um I think in those scenarios the writing needs to be really really good because that's pushing you forward and my rubric for that is stuff like Gone Home and stuff like um Firewatch, I think, are both really good examples of games that are propelled by their writing. And the writing in this, there was like a lot of like, 
the room felt like a bar of a blah, like a lot of analogy stuff that just feels like lazy, like, and YA is right. Like that's a, a good way to describe it, but I think there's very good YA um, and there's like kind of a little bit more simplistic YA and it felt like the latter, at least for the first half. Yeah. So in the first half too, it it seems to largely be just journaling is like the voice of the stories. You're reading a journal and that's how you're getting it. And, and to like give you an idea of how each of these stories works is basically the story is being uh it's coming to you over voiceover and you're seeing the words appear on like in the world of whatever the new story takes place an example that's early so i'm not spoiling a whole lot is like a teenager i think teenager he is swinging and it's you control both legs with each of the joysticks so the left leg with left right leg with right and you are trying to go over the bar uh, while the story is being told to you, and that's it's a like, tree. It's a, it's a yeah, it's, it's a, a tree. tree swing, yeah, and he's trying to do a three sixty around the tree branch. Yeah, and you're controlling that. And I actually found that to be one of my favorites of what I played because it felt like very, like really felt like I was controlling it, and it was like a very emotionally engaging experience. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, the, the, but the writing really comes together in. The second half where, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it moves away from journaling to things like poetry that are a little more mm -hmm. abstract or or the opposite, uh, like legal papers. Oh, um, interesting. And once it gets into that zone, it seems to like really find its voice. And again, like as it gets into the heavier stuff, having things that are either more subtle or or you know not as like emotionally forced like a legal paper both of those help them come at things that i think if they had taken the kind of like creative writing approach would have just felt ham-fisted or like yeah over the top so i i mean i i really like it i think um it's very interesting. Chris Bell is the lead designer on it. There's a, there's a, this is like not a game by just one person. I'm just going to use him as an example. But I, I, it's exciting to see his career kind of hit this point um, because he started at USC, I don't know, probably about like eight years ago and made uh, with, a, with a team this really interesting game that was like multiplayer. Yeah cooperative it was very strange but uh, had just really interesting ideas about how you can feel a game through its controls and then he hopped on the journey team um and then transitioned to this and it, it's it is like this rare game where i feel like i can kind of like see somebody's or like almost experience somebody's trajectory as their design style changes, which is a thing that I really enjoy about like music or like all other forms sure. of art that I haven't been able to track that well in games. And, and I think kind of like going through his games and seeing this is really awesome to kind of really sense a, a kind of creative style changing from game to game. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I also wanted to give them credit for, what I think is a struggle in narrative games like this is making like the actual interactions with the game interesting. Um, yeah. In the case, you know, at the beginnings of it, you know, in a case like um, Gone Home, I think it's pretty straightforward. Obviously, there's some 3D manipulation, but for the most part, it's like pointing and clicking and reading. And here, when you do things, uh, like for example, you open up a book, 
the way you do that with a controller is you hold down a trigger and move the left analog stick to like analog wise open the book or you open a door like that and there's like a variety of interactions that are like that which are crucial to the game and it really did make me feel like much more within the world and much more connected to what i was doing so i really really did appreciate that um this is gonna be a great transition to our final game mario kart <laughs> oh there it was actually that was a really good transition thank, thank you, you thank you uh our last game is mario kart 8 uh oh. deluxe i guess thank you uh it comes out like technically today? tomorrow but we've been um uh we got some early uh, codes for it and essentially it is just a re-release of the wii u version of mario kart with the DLC all included. But so thanks for Switch. listening, everybody. That's been the thanks. best. Yeah. This is our last game. <laughs> if, if you're not hooked by now. Um, here's what I'm going to say. I, uh, as, and I realize a lot of people disagree with me on this podcast, but I think the Wii U had a lot, a lot, a lot of major problems and was one of my least favorite Nintendo consoles of all time. And a lot of that had to do, had to do with the logistics of actually playing it. Um, I didn't like the controllers. I didn't, you know, the gamepad was like bulky and annoying and whatever. Um, the reason why I think this, Mario, I, I can't necessarily say, hey, if you already bought this game on Wii U and played a ton of it, you're going to get that much more enjoyment on Switch. But I would say there was a moment last week, we had a bunch of video people in the office. Um, we were doing a little conference of all the video team members. And the fact that within, five minutes we were able to get a six person essentially LAN game of mario kart play, played on three different switches with six different people in the same room with like, like with no friction like it was no a it was a fucking nintendo commercial in that joint like oh come on yeah. and play okay click the uh, wireless mode okay and we're in like literally fucking super 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 butter like buttery yeah, buttercream sweet soft honey Yes, and we've um, certainly talked a lot about the Switch so far, and, and I remember talking early on before it actually came out about, like, you know, what we hope for it and what we hope it actually achieves and what the commercials are promising and vice versa, et cetera. And I'm going to reiterate, like, I don't think I've ever seen a more accurate representation of a gaming console on commercials yeah. than I have with the Switch. And I realize it looked fucking ridiculous hokey as hell yeah like super hokey like who's gonna do that what party are you gonna go to where someone's gonna whip out a switch and then a bunch of people are gonna whatever hang out and play switch games like i think the reason why a big reason why local multiplayer games in general have had such a big big problem selling is because of that barrier to entry to like get them working it's like a hassle are all the controllers charged does everyone have a copy blah blah blah, blah so on and so forth and the fact that Nintendo has made this system so well-designed for a very quick, very easy local multiplayer, honestly, it makes it like a party yeah. to, like, if two people have this console with them, like, you have, like, an activity for the next hour for, like, a group of at least four. I mean, Smash, Smash is going to be amazing for this also, thing. Yeah. It has yeah. a jackbox. Like, it has yeah, a game right. that everybody who needs a controller can use their smartphones for. So, right. yeah. All you need is a screen, which it is. Yeah, it's um, it's now, spectacular. I will say, all of okay. this so far has been how great the Switch is. The reason we had to do that, the reason we had to create this Nintendo commercial in the office, is because still, 
if you try to play Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with more than two people on one Switch, the frame rate is geeky yeah. in a toilet. <laughs> that is true. So if you are planning on playing in a four-player, so four players on the same system, it's not, I mean, I think for people that are not super snobby about it, uh, the like frame rate no, stuff. I am. Um, I'm one of those people. I'm not. It's super playable. Snob. It's I'm definitely not, playable. I'm not snobby about it. But then when we switch to two people on a switch, it is like, oh, this is. This oh, is it's what it's, it's fucking so 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 yeah, so good. And it probably is runs notice. at like 25 frames a second when you're in four player split screen. Oh damn! Why did you have to say that? Why did you have to put that down on paper? Someone's gonna I think clock that, you for that. Uh, we'll see what Digital Foundry says, but that's my guess. <laughs> And uh, it's definitely like a silky, silky smooth 60 uh, when you're playing with two people. And they're smart about it because if you're playing wirelessly, so... Also, it's, it's got, not 60 when you're playing with two people. It's It uh, alternates frames, I believe. So it does a Are frame up top. Are you watching Digital Foundry Yeah, right it now? does a frame up top and then a frame at bottom. So the whole screen, I think, is 60, but it's alternating frames. I think. Well, it looks fucking gorgeous. That's what, uh, Digital Foundry really, really, says really something good. like that. I'm sure I am wrong, but I think it, that's what it does. It looks spectacular. I would say... So the thing to keep in mind, if you're playing wirelessly, like if you have two switches with the game... Uh, you can only do two players on each of those switches. So you can't play wirelessly with two play uh, with four players on the same switch, but you can play locally with four players on the same switch, which is really bizarre. We tested this too, yeah. where we put a switch and we did four players split screen on a switch. And again, it was playable. Yeah. It's really hard because it's so tiny. There's also a weird restriction. This is very nitpicky where if you're playing two players on one Switch uh, you can either do single Joy-Cons or uh, a Pro Controller. You can't do like both Joy-Cons and one controller and a Pro Controller. Which is like actually not bad because I just played with a single Joy-Con and it's fine. Like It yeah, works, it works I mean, really well. It gets pretty esoteric. Um, yeah, but sure. I, but, I think, but as Griffin said, like I was shocked that like well, the controls with like a single Joy-Con, like drifting was no problem. Yeah. Whatever. Using items was no problem. Like it felt totally fine. So So to like to do a like deeper dive into like what's different in Deluxe, I, I there's there's some cool stuff. Like you have two items, you can carry two items at a time now that you can't switch between them, but it does add like another kind of layer of strategy the strategy to the game. There's also like you can get those pink sparks now, which is yeah, there's a, a higher, there's a higher level of drift boost. And um, the other big thing that I do want to mention is drive assist oh um, yeah which is basically like driving mario kart for dummies to the point where like it, you're you're familiar with the experience of playing mario kart you're doing like rainbow road or some shit and you're playing with someone or you are terrible and you just keep driving off the edge and it's very frustrating drive assist will basically for all intents and purposes prevent you from driving off the edge but they actually balanced it i didn't realize this until i played a little bit more they balanced it in a few ways one you can't get the highest level of drift boost when you're using drive assist. It like locks that out. Oh, interesting. And two, there are a ton of shortcuts in all of the maps and you basically can't use them at all. Like I've, I tried multiple times to like drive through like a waterfall that I knew was a shortcut and the drive assist just kicks on the second you get to the edge of the track and pushes you back onto the course. So what it's designed for is like, I think it's really great for like learning the maps, like the basics of the maps and stuff like that. But I also think like it's like taking uh, training wheels off a bike. Once you feel comfortable with the maps, you can turn off you driving through, assist. Uh, waterfalls? And drive through waterfalls. Yeah, with, I, with I think bike. my biggest problem with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is it feels like the thing that it spent most of its like time 
expanding is battle mode, which like who? I don't know. I don't know how much fuck? time they I'm, spend expanding battle mode. I mean, there's new, there's new like there's new modes and like the way that battle well, mode works Shine is different. Thief and there's good. We Shine didn't play is, Shine. Yeah, um, is but there's that like. New? Um, maybe there's like different balance things now. Like you can do U-turns in battle mode, but oh, not yeah. in race mode. There's it, it feels like the thing that got the most work done on it. Um, over the original Mario Kart Eight, when like I would have been happy with just like two new sets of tracks. But like, yeah. like that was the thing most people complained about too. Oh, uh, the battle like, mode in Mario pe- Kart Eight was very bad. Yeah, but people just, like I, I freaked out about that damn thing. And- and there is the the mode Shine Thief, which we didn't play in a group, but I think is much better for people, is like an oddball style, like everyone chasing the same person. <laughs> and I think that could be really fun as like a local multiplayer thing. So like at least there's we that. played a couple we played a couple of new modes that were not very good though. Yeah. I, I don't know that I like battle mode anyway. And nobody so. does. This is yeah, nobody really But I think part, Shine Thief I, I, might I, be. I, I kinda like battle mode. I'm battle mode is what you play after you've done like 10 races and you're like, I'm a little burnt out. Let's try battle mode. And you play battle mode and you're like, yeah, let's go back to <laughs> yeah, racing. Races. <laughs> uh, the one last thing I did want to mention, and I'm torn about this, but I like vacillate between really, really loving Mario Kart and really, really hating it. And everyone's obviously talked about this, but the the idea of like rubber band getting screwed. Well, no, not even the rubber band AI, but getting screwed by items like six, seven, eight times in a row. Like, like you're in second place, you get hit by a shell, you get hit by a banana, you get hit by a turtle shell, and then yeah. you're in last place. It was hard. And it was hard for me to know if that was a Mario Kart Eight Deluxe thing or just like a Mario Kart thing. I think thing. that's I've, just a Mario thing. Like yeah, that's like I played, I played all of them, but in that like hour or two that we played it in the New York office, every other race, the person in yeah. first place got fucking drilled an inch away from the finish line and lost. Yeah. And it's like it I'm having a fun time playing video games with everybody today. <laughs> It did happen a lot. I I think the issue is it feels a lot worse to get hit by an item than it feels good to hit someone with an item. Sure. So it's kind of like a net negative uh, in terms of like that aspect specifically. Uh, there are settings and stuff like you can turn on so it can be like only turtle shells or only whatever stuff that's like you might feel is more fair. Um, but that's just like a Mario Kart thing. And the reason it's such a popular series is this nature of like, well, you always have a shot because you'll get better items if you're in last place and crush yeah. people. I just kind of wish all it needed was like some sort of like invincibility thing after you get hit by an item where like you get five seconds to like get out of the way or something. Because that, when you just get hit by three items in a row, you just want to throw your controller out Also, the, the single player doesn't need so much of that. Like I... It yeah. feels to me, uh, I, and I, I can't imagine that they changed it, but it, it feels like it, that if you're in first place in a single player going into the third lap, you are going to get destroyed. And so much of the game has become, like, I don't know, I've only probably played like a couple hours of it, but <sighs> spending the entire second lap making sure I can like get a whole bunch of shells or like bananas to play defense... So yeah. that once I do get in first, I can use it. But then it doesn't matter because if you get the uh, the lightning bolt shrink thing, it like tosses your weapons. Right. So or it's, the blue shell, you get. Yeah, hit anyway. it, it's just this thing of like, I I I get what the pleasure of it is, but at a it's certain like you point, want it more feels strategy. Yeah, it feels like I don't. But, I can't even strategize to prevent it. Like if I'm really good, and that is, yeah. that's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to see, like, what the pro, like, 
strategy of playing Mario Kart Online is, which for the, for what it's worth, I play, I tested it yesterday with Nick Robinson, who's across the country from me. And like, we were checking to see what the lag was like. And it was basically zero lag. Like we were doing a battle mode and he told me when he got hit by a shell and it was instantly. So that's very cool for what it's worth. No, it's like technically a very cool game. And I think it does. It's a, it's a good showpiece for the Switch. Part yeah. partially because like that technical stuff we touched on earlier actually works really, really well. And if you had any doubts about it, like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe will put that shit to bed. But it also like looks and feels really, really, really good on. Yeah, and and the I Switch. think if you go if you go to like a gaming conference in the next year, what it packs, people are going to be playing it. Yeah, it's this will like line the halls in the same way that like Smash would do the same thing. Um, and it and it starts creating that same culture that we saw in those Switch commercials, which is. Honestly, it's just very, very cool. I'm glad that they're they're uh, really coming through on that. It made aspect. me more. It made me like after I haven't played the Switch really since I beat Zelda, and so like this was a good this was a good thing for me to play because it's a, it actually makes me feel like oh there's gonna be more cool shit on this. Like yeah. oh they're actually gonna do some really cool shit with this. God, I hope. Um. So, guy, we have four games. Um. Is there any that we can eliminate before we start talking about like? What is the the best it's of the kind month? Kind of a weird situation because like we have, I think there's a, just a batch of games that like people haven't played. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know that anyone. Yeah, is, is yeah, I don't know. But we've been here before, and I have full. I mean, I would say I'm cool eliminating Mario Kart in the sense that like it is a re-release of a game, and pre- people pretty much get it. Um, yeah, I, and I would personally vote for Sexy Brutal of these games. Oh, interesting. For oh. what it's worth. But. I mean, I'm. I would vote for. I. I. I know. I was hard on it, but I also really, really like Persona Five. So I would. I would put my vote there. Uh, I. That's tough for me. I really. I think that, Sexy Brutal is very cool. Like it's very, very neat, and really for like a first attempt at this sort of. Design. It's, pretty genius. Um, I. I think that Persona 5 is more ambitious, but for me, especially where I'm at as a person, like that it's very hard for me to stomach the the just how poorly it manages time. Like it see it really does feel like these games have always been this long. So that's why it is this long. It, 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 well, this it this is, this one's even longer than Persona. I I my first playthrough of Persona 4 Golden was like I want to say like 65, 70 hours, and I'm at I'm at almost I'll probably be at about a hundred by the time I finish Persona yeah, 5. Yeah, I just I just can't do it anymore. I mean, I I really I it, it if it justified it, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Sure. But it it doesn't. And to me, that's a really big like it's it would be very weird for me to like I would recommend anybody play Sexy Brutal. I would but it but like there would be a lot of qualifying questions I need to ask before I <laughs> would even like recommend dipping into persona five like where are you at chris um i mean honestly i i would probably say edith finch only because i i feel like i can recommend it to absolutely everybody like shit it's a game that i feel like i could recommend to people who don't play games which is so it sounds like justin chris and i are voting for our own shit russ i think you're the you're the no i said sexy brutal okay that's it so there you go Boy, we're gonna hear about this one. I feel like, boys. I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, no matter who, no matter who wins, I, I, I think Persona Five is a great game. There's no fucking way well, in any universe it beats Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me just say, if I do, before we move on, if, uh, if you're a Persona fan, um, 
who wants to complain about this, please just provide me with a skip button so I can sort of <laughs> get the gist of what you're saying and then also, blaze also, past also, the rest of it. To the dev team that spent five years making that game, tough shit. Oh, wow. Indie games, baby. <laughs> no. Oh, I, so, here, here's, just to put a bow on this really quick. Uh, somebody on Twitter said, are we going to uh, basically make this four games for four quarters? And that would mean that no. sexy. Oh. Any of, yeah, I think that's a good no. idea. <laughs> and then we have smart just to give us smart... something to talk about at the end of the year, yeah. so it's not a. Um, yeah, and know, that way, yeah, foregone conclusion. I, I, I think that's good. And we're gonna do it. <laughs> okay, with that, and, with that in mind. And with that in mind, with that in mind, I think Persona Five is our our game of the month. Then what? Right? <laughs> what? Wait, how anything? does that change the math? Well, because I was fine with it because I thought either way it was gonna get beaten by Zelda. Before we're in a new, <laughs> you thought it was a pure no, victory. No, but the quarter ends right. this month, so it, it Persona would still lose to Zelda. No, this we're in no, March oh, wait, three six nine. March oh no, that's not how math yeah, works. Buddy. It's the opposite. Yeah, but yeah. our sixteen month long year. Fine, so, I'll, so, I'll vote for Persona. Just of... keep it in for the conversation. Oh, here we go. But now, now we're talking. Ugh. Now we're talking. I don't. I don't approve of this at all. Now Persona Five is longer than Sexy Brutal. No. I mean, there's more game content. Uh, meaning per dot per dot. Your dollars. Your dollars I think it's ridiculous because what you're saying is we're going to talk for the end of the year thing. We're only going to talk about four games. That seems still, well. That so. I think those are the top seeds. You fool. Do you not know how seeds uh, work? Yeah. Have you I never mean, watched NCAA basketball? Yeah. Or it's a March Madness. So. Um, seeds. <laughs> I also, I also like, I don't know. I kind of want to finish Persona Five and talk about it more. It would be nice. Oh God! It'd be nice they, to have a place to do. Can I vote against know. it just so we don't talk about it more? I got, I, yeah, I got I like to it's... rap. I got to rap. Who, who is it? Oh, I thought you were gonna like do a like a, a rap, rap, a rap <laughs> for yeah, us. I'm not even gonna laugh? go with that joke because I know how humiliating that would be. <laughs> I just don't. I, I, for me, the Persona Five is is very. It's very much a a love letter to people who have enjoyed the series, but the fact that they like it, so much of it is story. Like the majority of it is story, and the dialogue, which is the primary method of like conveying that story, is is like by like broadly speaking, not good. Like just not well written. Okay, and. I agree, and, and like that is a huge problem. I'm, I'm going to say sexy brutal. That way, it go, it, no matter what, we are going to be discussing that at the end of the year. I have no doubt that Persona will bracket. At, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's, and it's Griffin, still one consider, of the, yeah, consider that Persona will be in a lower seed, so therefore we'll, we'll have. A, that's a, that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, that's, right? it's it's it, this is fair. Like I I I I'm starting to feel regretful for like how much it sounds like I've just been slamming this game, which I've really enjoyed, and it's one of the my favorite games I've played this year. This is absolutely a case of, and this is unavoidable, just because it's been so fucking long. Of my expectations were through the through the roof. They were through yeah. the fucking roof, and. Um, I don't think this is a case of like, oh, there's a few little things that like it didn't quite meet. I, I, I think there's like, I think there's some, some problems with it. But that being said, like, it's still better than a lot of, a lot, most, most games. So, but um, it's not yeah. the spaghetti incident. The what? The spaghetti incident. I don't know what that the guy, fuck. That Guns N' Roses album that took 15 Y'all, years. Y'all, my out. bladder Holy is literally shit. going to. Wasn't that Chinese democracy? <laughs> Wait, Chinese Chris democracy is going to piss his pants. I'm, so I'm, I'm going to burst. <laughs> All um, right. Well, what? folks, that's going to do it for us. Sexy Congratulations to Sexy Brutal, yeah. the new leading game of this quarter. See if it hangs on to that, that slot. Uh, a lot of great games to check out, so get out there and play some games, and we'll do the same What's next, next month. month. 
Uh, Prey um, is next month. Tumble Tumble seed is next month. Fuck yeah! It's yeah. It's gonna be another good good. Uh, and go play Near Automata. Yeah. By the way, it's bizarre that the like three of the best open world games ever have come out in the past, like this year. It's buck wild. Um. But uh, that's going to do it for us, folks. Please go rate and review our show on iTunes. Go read a bunch of stuff on the newly redesigned Polygon and also find Chris Plant on The Verge. And uh, we're done. Also, there's a lot um, of good Vox Media podcasts out there. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, go check them all out. Uh, Until next month, my name is Justin McElroy. No, no, no. Wait, until next month, (laughs) we'll be back with you next month for another episode of The Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends play the world's best games Bessie! Bessie!